0: Everyone, and welcome to our podcast show, Ladies with Chapters, where we empower, engage, and inspire women to live, love, and embrace their lives and chapter stories. I am your host, Shemaine. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My guest today is Miss Honor E. I'm not going to try to pronounce your last name, so I'm going to give you the opportunity. To go ahead and tell me your last name is Anna. Thank you for being on my show today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I know it definitely looks harder than it sounds, but it's Anna Eskamani, and I'm I'm proud to be the state house representative for District 47 in the state of Florida.
0: Yes, that's our state, Florida. <laughs> so again, thank you for being on my show today. And um, as you stated, you are the representative for the state representative for District 47. Tell my guests, my audience who are listening, what does that all entail being a representative?
1: So we are constantly focused on delivering services to our constituents and all through the COVID-19 pandemic, we have been overcome by the COVID-19 crisis and do everything we can to respond to our constituent needs. And so being a public official, has really taken a new nature in the sense of just, it's not even... Focused on policymaking, but it's also focused on supporting folks through crisis. And we've been t- taking whatever steps we can to address the unemployment issue and getting folks their benefits, help folks with homelessness, and trying to make sure they stay housed to have a roof over their heads. And in getting the vaccines vaccine to so get out yeah. this pandemic together. And then a part of also being a public official when you're a state lawmaker is focused on legislative sessions. So we're actually in the middle. legislative session right now which is basically where all the bills become laws that potentially the governor makes official and also the state budget so we're debating how money is spent in the state of florida
0: awesome awesome now often i follow you a lot and i read where you there was something about you actually were taking your own funding to help some people out I thought that was amazing to you know to be able to do that because there you know a lot of people were still waiting on unemployment and I saw how that should make you feel I mean awesome to know that you were able to help in that capacity
1: thank you yeah you know it's it's really hard to just work for your community and see these problems that are almost out of your reach to do something about. I mean, when it came yes. to the unemployment system, you know, I'm not the Department of Economic Opportunity, but I can push DO to do what's right and to get folks paid. But at the same time, there's gonna be a delay there, which yes. means that you have Floridians who are trying to pay their bills on time, they can't make ends meet. And if I have the capacity to raise money to help them or to you know, use That's my support. own money, I'm going yes. to do that. I'm going to do that. And yes. to this day, we've helped folks pay off their rent that was late, get into a hotel so they're not homeless. And we've raised over $40,000 just from other Floridians to help their neighbors. And that's been really important too.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Now, Anna, you often talk about, you know, your parents being an immigrant to this country. Tell me about that. How has that journey been for them and now to see that, you know, where you are in your life, in your career, how has that journey been for them?
1: So I'm very proud of my my immigrant roots. So my parents are both immigrants from Iran, but they met each other in in Orlando working at the same donut shop. So I we grew up in a very Iranian household in the sense that my parents spoke a different language, and my the the lunch that I would pack for school was very different than some my classmates' lunches, and and of course we celebrated different holidays compared to just your traditional American holidays and. It was really foundational for me because it it gave me a perspective that not every kid has when you're growing up. And of course, my experiences with racism have also helped to establish my values as a very ethical and kind person who cares about equity. So I think when you have those experiences, too, it kind of pushes you to want to do more for others
0: yes 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 i I can definitely relate to that being an immigrant from another country myself so i totally understand yes so i know that so many paths you could have taken in your career why politics why a good reason as to why did you take this path when everyone know politics can be such a I don't wanna say crazy, dirty game, but why, right. why did I take this path? Right, I mean, candidly, it's not easy. And it's definitely not easy
1: when you're a woman and a woman of color, because time and time again, the cards are stacked against you yes. and there's assumptions made about you and everything yes. is everything is more challenging when, when you're also taking risks. And even when I ran for office as a first time candidate back in 2017, not a lot of folks thought I could do it. They didn't take me seriously because no one that looked like to me had ever won a seat, especially a swing seat in the Florida legislature. So I'm constantly up against the grind. And I ran for office really because of a, a state of urgency. I was so mad after the 2016 election cycle, just frustrated by how those politics became known. I mean, it was so ugly and vitriolic and divisive and... And I didn't want to be that. I, I didn't want my community to be reflected by those type of actions or values. And I really wanted to redefine what we it means. We wanted different. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So that was a large part of my motivation. And when I was a kid, you know, I cared about community organizing. I cared okay. about the little guy. and we The need more underdog. People <laughs> yeah, we need yeah. more people in politics who care about the underdog.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. That is amazing. That is great. And um, so when you saw what happened in 2016, you just felt within yourself you had to do something, not relying on someone else to do it. 100%. You just had to do it. And you 100%. did it. <laughs> and, then, and then you came back, what was it again? And you ran again? And you- Yeah,
1: I have to run for re-election every two years. And so say, okay. we're constantly, yeah, we're constantly having to protect our sea and to prove our worth to the community. And we won our re-election by a larger margin than we did in 2018.
0: Well, I think I'm going to be joining your campaign the next time. <laughs> I love, that. I love, love it, that. love it, love it. And I cannot back down from it because I said it here. Yeah, so it, everybody- it's recorded. <laughs> I have evidence. <laughs> yes, yes. So tell me, let's talk about what has been the most difficult time for you throughout this whole, you know, this whole journey for Anna.
1: Well, my first reaction is it's a lot of balancing because as a state lawmaker, you're in what's called a part-time legislature in Florida, which means it's not really a full, it's not paid to be a full-time job. Okay. So you have to have another source of income. And some lawmakers are personally very wealthy where they don't actually have to work another day job, but I actually work another day job. Really? Yeah, I work at a foundation. So I have this, you know, like really intensive legislative calendar and constituent service caseload and community events and so that's forth. I also have my day job. Day I job. also have my, my PhD, I'm getting my doctorate as I well. I saw
0: that, I saw yeah, that.
1: So <laughs> just constantly balancing priorities every yes. single day. And you know, and that's a lot to, to put on your plate. So I'm constantly trying to figure out how do I get everything done in that a day. It all yeah. Right, and then from a political perspective, you know, Tallahassee is a Republican majority state. And so you have to work across the aisle, but you, you also find yourself in a very defensive posture a lot because yes. your colleagues, as much respect as you have for them, are pushing forward some really bad bills. So you also have to be on your toe to push for the right issues, but fight back against the bad ones. So you're Constantly playing defense. Yes. And that's also exhausting.
0: Yes, I could imagine. And then, like you talked about being, you know, a woman, being a woman of color, all of those. And then you're up against the ones who have more funding right. behind. So, yeah, I could totally imagine. So, let's talk about, if I may, what happened, you know, the insurrection to the Capitol. Where were you when that happened? So I was actually in Orlando
1: at my office, my district office, uh, when, you know, I was watching everything happen. And candidly, I I wasn't really going to pay too much attention to it. There's always protests. Yeah, how crazy could it get, right? (laughs) Right, and that was exactly (laughs) my attitude. And it wasn't until I started seeing more reports, especially on Twitter about, how intense it was getting that i started turning it on and watching i was just so shocked by the by the behavior
0: wow yeah i think we all were too surprised of right. the outcome
1: right and way too many floridians were engaged in that yes. too and yes. so it's been you know arrests being made locally and it's just really disappointing cuz yes. i think that that you know elected officials really consented to that behavior and and wanted to see the tension and maybe they didn't expect for it to go that far Far, yeah but you know anything that that contested election results was not helpful in ensuring a peaceful transition yeah so a lot of people need to be held responsible for that yes
0: totally agree now let me say what was the biggest challenge for you throughout this whole journey i'm I mean, other than the challenge, I want to know about your accomplishment, but I'm sure that you probably had to go through so much to be where you are. Like you mentioned about now you're going into your PhD. So what would you say? And I'm sure that's probably a great accomplishment once you arrive there, but thus far. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll bring you back, you know, to talk about the PhD. But work has been the biggest, you know, for you? What has been the biggest challenge for you?
1: Well, I I think one of the biggest ones is just constantly being underestimated and and treated as such. And so, especially as women and women in politics, you face a lot of double standards where just because you're a woman, you're treated differently in your, in your profession, whether it's business, whether it's, it's higher ed, athletics, or in this case, uh, politics, where your opinion is is not as valued or you have to you have to work twice as hard to even be able to get a bill moved and tell so me about hard. that so, yeah so I think the, that's a constant challenge because again not, not just because of the the work you have to put into it but also because of the the weight like the demoralizing weight you know because I, I do think that if there are some issues that that if it wasn't me who brought it up, but if it was a man, especially a white man, that brought it up, it would be taken. It would be taken to heart more
0: quickly. In a different be, perspective.
1: Yeah, like they folks would just take it more seriously. Compared to me, where you kind of have to, you have to prove yourself even more so just to make a point. So, so that's, that gets exhausting. It's very, yes. ex- I know. And I speak to so many of my of my girlfriends that identify as as black and Latina. And their experiences are sometimes even worse yes, where yeah. some of my new colleagues who are freshman lawmakers they were trying to get into the members lounge in the legislature so it's, it's basically like a i mean it sounds fancy but it's, it's kind of like the cafeteria for members okay. like it's okay. not you know yeah, it's just for yeah. basically and their badge like wasn't working and they're trying to get in and another lawmaker said oh this is for members only and they were like, "We are members." Wow! Right. But so this, just
0: like, from that, just from the image, they were looked upon as right. Like they they didn't deserve to be there.
1: Exactly. The, wow. the assumption was they were lost. They were definitely not elected officials. Wow. I mean, it was just super gross. But again, those type those types of experiences not only does it reflect the double standards that you face but it, it can also really Im- impact you at an emotional level yes and because then you don't feel welcome right you don't yes. feel like you belong there it kind of feeds into imposter syndrome so yes. so i you know that's a constant dynamic of just you know needing to you need to be yourself, you know, push back against it and and rise above it. But yes. it, it can be very challenging.
0: Yes. So what about the age factor? Because, you know, we talk about being, oh, yeah. you know, women, being a woman of color. And then you are young, but you are mighty, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so do you often feel the age factor come to play sometimes? Oh, yeah. Especially my
1: especially my first campaign and my, my first year as an elected official, okay. I think once you get elected and you start proving yourself, you know, in the role, then less assumptions about AIDS stick. Okay. But I will say that it is, it is a challenge. I mean, folks do not take you seriously. Folks, you know, think that, uh, you don't have enough experience. You know, to do this work. And, and for me, when I was running for office, having a two master's degrees. Okay. And that, that actually helped to dispel some concerns that people had, but it, it, sh- it shouldn't have it to should be that not. way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But you know, a lot of folks were like, oh, well, you know, she's, she has these higher ed degrees. And so yeah. she's, she's not your average, you know, 27
0: year
1: old. Right. But it's kind yeah. of like, well, you know, there are, there, i had to grow up really fast because my mom passed away when i was a kid okay and and so many other young people have grown up really fast and so to also not let age be that determiner i think is really important and and actually in the legislature we have the body has gotten younger there's a there's more young people in the florida legislature than in the
0: past I yeah i i definitely noticed that and then yeah. there has been more women too would you say yeah. yeah so you know what well, who raised to us <laughs> yes Yes. i love that and the, love it. and the
1: solidarity among women especially bipartisan solidarity is is really cool there's yeah. definitely we have a bipartisan women's caucus, and so we do try to come together around specific issues. Yeah, and so the solidarity among women is is very important and very yeah. powerful for us yeah. too.
0: I definitely feel like, hey, and girl, if you win, I win, we win. Right. That's right. you know because so you know it, it's awesome. Okay, so now tell me about your accomplishment. What has been the greatest accomplishment <laughs> for you this far?
1: Oh my gosh, well, you know, obviously running for office is something that I never thought I would ever do. And then let alone winning two elections now, it is something that I'm proud of because it demonstrates that my community trusts me to serve. And I, I don't take that for granted. Yes. Within the the work of public service, we have had accomplishments and we've been able to increase the we, the Funding for arts and culture in the state of Florida by 800. That was wow. Yeah, that was a mission that myself and Representative Carlos Smith uh, worked on during our my first year in office. So we were able to increase that funding for all the arts and culture nonprofits. 800. Yeah, about two million to 21 million. That is Um, amazing. We still want to fund it more, but it it was a really important increase that we, we were able to accomplish. Actually, this legislative session, I've been able to get. One of my bills heard and moved in the process as well. So that's really important. So we're just constantly trying to demonstrate that we are effective, but also unapologetic in our advocacy. So we will build bridges where we can. but We'll also hold people and corporations accountable when we must.
0: Yes. Yes. I love it. I love it. You are doing such amazing um, work in the community. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So tell me, Anna, what has been there something about you that people just don't know? I, I mean,
1: it's uh, are- a great question. So, so I do have a twin sister, but I feel like at this point, a lot of people might already know that, but I did not.
0: I I have a
1: twin sister and we're, we're super, super close. She also <laughs> does work in advocacy, but I was, was going to say, I, I feel like most folks know I have but, a twin, but I'm, I'm glad that. You just learned. I just discovered that. So yeah.
0: So the, and I know you have cats, a cat. Yes. I, I have three <laughs> several cats. cats. Okay. I have three
1: cats, and they're, they're such cuties. So, this is kind of ironic, but I actually, growing up, I never liked competition and I never liked confrontation. Like, so, it was okay. It's really funny. I mean, just as one example, like whenever we would play kickball, uh-huh. I never wanted to be the person that kicked the ball because I felt like there was too much attention on me and it was, and if I didn't get it right, then I disappointed everyone. Wow. So I always hated like being the person at the forefront. Okay. Yeah. And now like I always find myself, you know, in that position, but it's so funny because that really was never something I was ever comfortable with. And even today, it's still something that you know, sometimes makes me nervous or it gives me hesitation. So there's like that little voice in my head that doesn't want me to, yeah, to do
0: it. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's, it's very tough. And again, you just kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone. I was but just about
0: to say, yeah, coming out yeah. of your comfort zone and yeah. look now, look today. Wow.
1: I know it's funny, but, yeah, and, and I will never, I will never get over that. Like I really am just not someone that likes confrontation, but here mm. I am every day having to be confrontational. I know. So, yeah. Yeah, it's super weird, honestly. Yeah, yeah. and
0: you're, you're doing a great job. Okay. Thank you. So I know we are on the verge of completing our PhD. Yes. What is next for Anna? <laughs> where are you go where where are you going next? What's next? Uh,
1: I, I I love this question because it forces me to kind of, you know, think ahead. <laughs> I, every day, every day I am just processing, you know, the next the next task, right? Like I'm just kind of doing things minute by minute, but I definitely need to finish my PhD. That's one of my biggest priorities. I want to get it done with. I want to uh, close that chapter and go into into part-time teaching and and try to continue to contribute to research and my, my PhD is in public administration so okay. it, it intersects well into my with my kids yes, yes yeah right now I'm, I'm definitely focused on serving my district and there's a lot of issues we have in our district even when it comes to something as in, as big as affordable housing and something as you know dry as traffic so there's yeah. just so much I want to do in my district and my community to make it a healthier place to live as well.
0: Awesome awesome well miss Anna Anna i e, I'm not <laughs> gonna try <laughs> you are doing an awesome job in the community I love it I love what you're doing continue doing it I love those afternoon evening you know live videos that you put on where people can you know ask questions and all of that that is amazing. That is, that is amazing. I really do. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yes, yes, Thank yes. You. So what would you leave with our guests? Final thoughts you will leave with them this afternoon? Yeah. Well, be
1: yourself is the biggest thing, biggest piece of advice I can offer. You know, ask, especially if you're thinking of running for office, you're getting more involved, just do it. Like, just don't be shy, you know, pursue what you think is right, but ask for guidance And trust your gut, and just know that you're not alone in anything that you care
0: about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust that in that intuition, what is telling you what to do, just go with it,
1: hundred percent. Yeah, you'll know, you'll know what the right thing is to
0: do. Awesome, awesome. Well. I am not going to take no more of your time. I am so <laughs> grateful to have you on. Thank you so much. And I know I'm going to have you back soon. <laughs> i love to come back.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much for the invitation, yes. for having me. And and please, if I can ever be of service, just, just reach out. <laughs> yes,
0: thank you so much, Anna. We'll talk soon. Appreciate you. you. Okay, bye, yeah. love women from all over are finally opening up and sharing their chapter stories. If you have a story, we would love to hear from you. Email us today. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at lwchapters at yahoo.com or lwchapters Instagram and Facebook. Your story is yours. No one knows your story like you do.